Sister Barbara's birthday, Grandparents' Day, and Milton Gay. birthday. Wow. And right. uh, no Sunday school, but we will have the morning services at 11. And then uh, bring food, Kevin said, and we'll eat together after the services. Uh, all right. I think that's all of the announcements, and uh, we want to go to the Lord in prayer. Do we have anyone to add to the prayer list since this morning? Yes, ma'am. I've unspoken. Unspoken. All right. Okay. Anyone else? Howard, I'd just like to thank everybody for their prayer for Pat while she was in the hospital. She needed it. She was pretty sick. Okay. She's doing good now. Doing good. All right. That's great. I'd just like to let y'all know that I love y'all. Well, we love you. You know, I'm a little bit shy to say that, but <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't raised like that. <laughs> you, you ain't the only one there. Yeah. <laughs> Spirit told me to say it. That's right. 
Okay. If there are no other additions other than the unspoken, anybody else have unspoken requests? You just want to lift your hand to everybody. Everybody. Always room for them. That's right. Yeah. All right, then let's go to the Lord in prayer. I'm going to ask Brother Richie if he'll lead us in the prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we bow before you, Lord, just praising, praising your holy name and thanking you for a wonderful day this morning already, Lord to hear your word proclaimed and the Holy Spirit filled this room, Lord. We just we're just so thankful Amen. for our pastor and for the word that you put on his heart and, and to motivate us, Lord. We thank you for this church. We thank you not just for the building, Lord, we thank you for the people. Uh, we, we love you so much for who you brought here together and we thank you not not just the ones that are here tonight, but the ones that we always have, Lord. We are so thankful for them and uh, we praise you for it. And we ask Lord that you Help us, encourage us, and make us bold, Lord, to, to be doers of your word and to proclaim the gospel to everybody that we come in contact with, to all the world. So that, Lord, we can't just fill up this church, but we can fill up the church. And when you come back, Lord, you'll have a whole mess of people to call home, Lord. We just pray that that day is soon. Amen. Lord, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for the music that we're, we're, we're able to hear. But we're singing for you, Lord, for your glory, for your honor, and your praise. Lord, I ask that you uh, help me tonight as I bring the message. Touch uh, uh, my heart, Lord. Speak through me. And uh, let it be your words and not my own, Father. Again, we thank you for everybody here. We ask your blessing upon each and every one of us, Lord. And encourage us in, in the spirit, Lord, to be doers of your word. In Christ Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. 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 Yeah. All right, number 204. <laughs> 204. Roll is called up yonder. Forty-seven. 
No, that was Roberta said, what, what, what I was coming down. Where's that at? I, I told her I bought 47. <laughs> All right, number 47. 47. That's what she said, right? Yeah, we do that. No, this is different. <laughs> yeah. I love 
Rock Rovers, you're singing what? I do not. I do not have one.
right here on that last verse came the closest Amen. of anybody that I've ever heard try to describe the love of what God. the love of God is like. The just the was fact that, you know, and, and every, everybody can say that, just the fact that he reached down one day, lifted me up, yes, he did. washed me in his blood, put me in his family. Amen. <laughs> As the young people say, that just blows my mind. <laughs> that just blows my mind. But I believe he's right. You know, if, if every man was described by trading the whole ocean filled up with ink to write the love of God, uh, it would drain the ocean dry. And the scroll couldn't contain it. Couldn't contain it all. All right, I wasn't intended to preach, but I just had to say that. Or didn't. Didn't you say that he was supposedly in an insane asylum when yeah, he wrote they that scratching on the wall? They found <laughs> that third verse written on the walls of the of hmm. room. Wow. Uh, and the crazy man was supposed to have been there. And had now, he would do us all good wall. to get that crazy man. <laughs> 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 you know, the kids used to sing a song that said, they ain't great to be crazy. <laughs> And, uh, I wish I'd have been the one in that room like that. <laughs> no, not really, but uh, uh, I'm glad that he really wasn't crazy. All right, let's let's do 205, and this will be the last song. I'll be satisfied. Number 205.
Good evening, everyone. I have a mouthful tonight. That's right. That's right. No, I've actually, um, I hate to say I've been sitting on something, but I've had this for about a week. Um, I wrote it. I got up last weekend, and uh, I had this on my heart, and uh, the Lord took me to my little hot box, and, and um, about, I don't know, four or five hours later, I had this little message that I'm going to present tonight, but the funny thing is, you know, I'm thinking God's putting this on my heart for you guys, and it wasn't, I think it was for me, because later that afternoon I had an episode um, that was, uh, this was speaking right to the heart of, so we're going to talk about it tonight, if you have your Bibles, and I hope you do, turn them to to, uh, Psalm chapter 4, please, yes, (laughs) no, we're not going to do a lot. I've only got a, you know, 7 or 8, 10, 12. We don't have a lot. Psalm 4, this this is where I'm preaching out of is Psalm 4, although there are some other scriptures that we have. Um, how's everybody doing? It's good to see Travis and, and Christy and Caden and Raya. Good. we got a house full tonight. All right. Psalm 4, we're going to read all of this. It's It's not very long. And then we're going to go over some things, and I'm going to tell you what God's put on my heart, and we're going to talk about some things. And, and I'm going to tell you this, uh, uh, it's funny how God works, because I wrote this last week, um, God put it on my heart last weekend, and then Brother Howard comes in and preaches the message he preached this morning, and I'm like, you throwing rocks at me. I, uh, I, got, enough to, I got enough to deal with with my neighbor. You're, you're, you're throwing some stuff at me over here. But All right, Psalm 4. Hear me when I call, O God, of my righteousness. Thou hast enlarged me when I was in distress. Have mercy upon me and hear my prayer. O ye sons of men, how long will ye turn my glory into shame? How long will ye love vanity and seek after leasing? Selah. But know that the Lord has set apart him that is godly for himself. The Lord will hear when I call unto him. Stand in all and sin not. Commune with your own heart upon your bed, and be still. Selah. Offer the sacrifices of righteousness, and put your trust in the Lord. There be many that say, who will show us any good? Lord, lift lift thou up the light of thy countenance upon us. Thou hast put gladness in my heart, more more than in the time that their corn and their wine increased. I will both lay me down in peace and sleep, for thou, Lord, only makest me dwell in safety. Amen. I want to pray real quick because um, I realized when Brother Howard asked me to pray, uh, I didn't pray for anybody. I, so I want to pray for those that are on the prayer list. If, you, if you'll bow your heads with me, please. Dear Heavenly Father, uh, I come to you again, uh, once again, Lord, just thanking you for hearing us and thanking you for the word that you put on my heart tonight. Lord, I, I pray that you, you give me exactly what to say and how to say it. Father, I want to mention those that we, we talked about tonight, Lord, that we mentioned by name on our prayer list. And everyone that's on our prayer list, Lord, we lift up to you. You know each and every one. You know every hair on their head. You know every problem that they may be faced with and the circumstances that they're living in. Lord, but those that we 
mentioned by name specifically, Lord, um, hear our cry tonight and touch their lives and, and heal those that need healing, Lord, whether they be sick or, or injured or they are just lonely or depressed or in financial woes, whatever the case may be, Lord, you know what they are. Lord, we ask that your mighty hand, your healing hand, your comforting hand be upon those, Lord, and that you strengthen them, bring them peace that passes all understanding. Father, we thank you for this evening. I thank you for the word you put on my heart. Hear me tonight, Lord. Help me as I speak to these people and uh, speak through me. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right. So, Psalm 4. We just read Psalm 4. Um, and the title of my message tonight is kind of, I don't know if you're going to get it from Psalm 4, but hopefully you do. The title of my message is Get Mad, But Be Kind. Um <laughs> David, David starts out here in verse 1. He says, Hear me when I call, O God, of my righteousness. David was crying out uh, for God to hear his prayer. And I don't know if you do this, but I've actually said, if not those exact words, very similar words to God in prayer. And I do it quite regularly. Lord, hear me. I know you hear me. But I'm crying out to you. And uh, especially here lately, when you look at 2020, you look all to your left and right, you see evil waxing worse and worse, and it's all around you. And we can sit in our homes and say that, you know, we, we have peace because of where we are, but we do not have peace. If you're resting in, in the, the, the satisfaction of, of where you are, the comfort of your home, look around you because it's not very far away. People are in, they're distraught, they're in turmoil, they're faced with evil every day. Some of us more than others. But like I said this morning in Sunday school, if, if you think that that's just out there, you're sadly mistaken. It's coming, and it's coming to this town. It's coming to every town. It's not just going to go away unless his people turn back to him and cry out to him. And I cry, I cry out to, to the Lord. Help me, Father, because I can't do this on my own. David couldn't do anything on his own. I like the way David David does this psalm. He, he writes a psalm. He's, he's, he's proclaiming to God first. He addresses God first. Hear me, O Lord. And then he discusses what the problem is. Then he turns his attention back to the people. And I find myself doing that. David was crying out for his prayer. He states that God has enlarged him while he was in distress. And God still does that today. You and I may be faced with all kinds of problems. Some of us are faced with a little more problems than others. Um, you know, we have a, a prayer a prayer list. I think I left it down there. But anyway, our, our prayer list is long. We have family members and friends that are faced with uh, sicknesses, death, um, you know, crisis, financial crisis, businesses going under. Um, and a lot of this just came on out of nowhere. It doesn't mean that God's not good. It doesn't mean that God doesn't love us. It doesn't mean that God doesn't care for us and provide for us. Because I'm going to tell you right now, even in 2020, I'm, and I can speak for myself, but I think I can speak for the, the rest of us. Even in 2020, with all that's going on, have we gone without? Have not gone without. We might have had to struggle a little bit, but I'm content with what God's given me. Now, I'm not, I'm not going to be satisfied until I'm in heaven with him. I love that song, what we just sang. I was thinking about that as I was coming up here. 
I'll be satisfied. But I'm content with what God's given me. I'm content knowing that the Lord loves us no matter what the situation or how bad things get or how bad things seem in our human side of things, in our, in our flesh. David here asked God to have mercy on him and to hear his prayer. And um, I think I was talking to Sarah earlier this week or Daniel. Um, seldom do I, do I pray, and maybe I'm, I'm at fault for this, but seldom do I get down and say, Lord, help, help me. I try to pray for other people. He knows my needs, and I tell him my needs. But I don't, very seldom do I just cry out and say, Lord, help me until this week. Lord, help me. Because I'm going to tell you, as the evil waxes worse and worse in the world, even though that God's taking care of us, and even though God's clothing us and he's feeding us, he's got a roof over our head, your flesh starts to feel the effects of the evil that lurks around you. And sometimes I feel like David. David had his hands full with Absalom. He had, that was his own, own blood. He had his hands full. And sometimes I feel like that. Here in, in Psalm 4, David is in distress. And in verse 2, he tells you why. He says, O ye sons of men, how long will you turn my glory into shame? How long will you love vanity and seek after leasing? You know, we talk about vanity before. Vanity is inflated pride. Inflated pride in oneself. Look around us. Not necessarily in this church, but look around us in society. Everywhere you turn is vanity. Everybody's doing everything for themselves. Oh, they'll, they'll proclaim that they're doing it for a group or for a me, uh, 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 an agenda. They'll, they'll say they're doing it for an organization or for uh, some type of justice. But it's not. It's for self. It's selfish. I heard one person talk about this yesterday on social media. Um, and it was a person of color talking about the Black Lives Matter movement. And this person said, enough is enough. Said it's one thing to protest about a man's uh, death. It's another thing to do what you're doing because you're no longer worried about equality. You want to reign. You want to be in charge. You're not happy. You're not content. And that's what it's about. When we see that, just they, I mean, we're no different than David in that aspect. We look around and we see this, this going all around us. And what can you and I do? Physically, what can you and I do? Well, we can get mad. I'm pretty good at that. We can get mad. I mean, I get mad. I have to, I have to scroll or turn off Facebook and just get away from it, social media. Because every time you look through that, you're going to see something that just jabs you. And it's going to get that flesh. And it does it to me quite often. And uh, it does it to my wife. She gets mad. My son gets mad. And then we all have to calm each other down. Did you see what they did? Some of it's sickening. Some of it absolutely sickening. But it's all vanity. People are puffing themselves up. Puffing themselves up. I saw, you know, we post our, we post our videos on, on Facebook from church. And some people, apparently some people that don't go to our church watch the videos. Because we started getting comments from people, um, I don't think they're Christian, but um, they make some some derogatory marks, remarks, and I have to go in and, and delete them sometimes. And uh, somebody had something to say about our flag. 
because I guess they watched us uh, pledge allegiance to the flag and said that we're worshiping idols. People are silly. Silly, silly, silly. Did we ever get any good but, yeah, from us, Travis gives us. Um, but anyway, it's, it's all vanity. People want to puff themselves up. It's not, for, it's not for the good of the people. It's for the good of themselves. And leasing, what do we mean by leasing? What does leasing mean? It means to lie. And boy, ain't that going on right now. We got a whole bunch of it going on, whether it's out in the in, in society or right next door to you. And I'm gonna tell you, I, I I share everything with you guys, and I tell you the the conflict that I'm having with with my neighbor, and it's not a conflict between me and him, it's a com- conflict between him and me. Because I I prayed for him, Daniel and I prayed for him that day, in our house, right there in the living room. I've mowed the man's grass. I've I've preached the gospel to him. I've invited him to this church. So be careful. But but I've invited him. And he hates the fact that he's living next door to somebody who preaches the gospel. I don't have a problem with him. He's got a problem with me. And he lies. Amen. Amen. Well, my point is, when you get to these points, you can could, you could start feeling like David. And, and I get mad sometimes really mad and it makes you want to lash out we got a bunch of lying and vanity and leasing going on today in politics the entertainment industry uh friends and family in your own homes sometimes or in your own flesh and blood will lie about you people will do and say anything anything to get ahead and support their own vain conceit without regard to any how it impacts you or anybody else and I, if you ask me, I'm going to tell you right now, that's reason enough to get mad for, from a fleshy, fleshly standpoint. And I often find myself distressed, just like David did in this song. But just like David does, I cry out. I'm comforted by God's own word. Look at verse, verse 3. Here in the next verse, Psalm 4, verse 3. I am very comforted, he says. But know that the Lord has set apart him that is godly for himself. Excuse me, is that verse 3 or verse 4? Three. But know that the Lord has set apart him that is godly for himself. The Lord will hear when I call unto him. Listen, we talked about being saved this morning in Sunday school. We talked about, even Brother Howard touched on it today. When you're saved, you're saved, and you're saved forever. And I made a I made a, a a joke about it this morning. But no matter what goes on between me and my neighbor, I'm going to heaven. I'm part of your family, whether you know it or not. If you're saved, whether you like me or whether you don't, you're going to live with me for eternity. So I hope, I hope you like me. That's right. Get used to. I'm sure I won't be as obnoxious up there. Um, that's right. In a twinkling of an eye, I will be changed. There you go. But I'm comforted. We've been set apart for to God, for himself. And I know that God hears me when I call. He hears you when you call. We have nothing really to fear. Yeah, well, here we go, history buff right here. That's right. That's right. 
That's right. Exactly. That's my point. That's my point. I'm getting there. People may scoff and laugh when I say this, but I know the Lord hears me. I've heard people tell me, um, well, I tried that praying thing. He just don't hear me. He just don't listen. Oh, he hears me. He hears every prayer that comes out of my mouth. He hears every thought that goes on in my head. Because I'm saved, I'm redeemed, and he hears those prayers. Maybe you need to come to terms with who you are. The Lord hears when I call. Not because I'm perfect, but because he is. And that's something that we need to stress. Uh, people think that Christians are, and I think that's a problem with some people that, that like to start problems with Christians. Or, or we talked about the pastor up in, in Vancouver that's getting beat up because he's trying to preach the gospel and, and baptize people. And people from the LGBT community come after him and hit him and, and silly string him and, and spit on him Why he's preaching the gospel. What did he do to them? Absolutely nothing. He loves them. They talk about hate. Look. Uh, oh, that was Philippines. That was Philippines. Anyway, um, the Lord, he knows those that are his. If you look at uh, 2 Timothy 2.19, it says, Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal. The Lord knoweth them that are his. And let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. The Lord knows those that are his. And he hears us. The answer may not always be what we want to hear. It may not be what we expect. And it may not be in the time that we need it. But God hears and he will answer according to his good timing. His good pleasure and his perfect will. And in that I'm more content and completely satisfied completely satisfied verse 4 gives us a word for the wise stand in awe and sin not commune with your own heart upon your bed and be still and then you're supposed to just sit there and meditate on that think about that and I want us to do that right now even though David is distraught and very discouraged about what he's witnessing around him David knows not to sin he knows not to sin the Apostle Paul tells us the same thing. tells the New Testament church the same thing in Ephesians. Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. That's Ephesians 4.26. The Bible tells us there are occasions that we're going to get angry. Who's our example? Jesus Christ is our example. Did he get angry? Sure he did. But what did he get angry about? It was a righteous anger. It wasn't a fleshly anger. He wasn't mad at, regardless of what you may hear or what you may think, he wasn't mad at those people. He was mad at the action. It was a righteous anger. Things that are happening right now that are against the word of God should make us angry. We just talked about Jesus just got upset himself, or he got upset himself in the temple and turned over the table so, uh, so that the money changers... Um, because the money changers were doing what they were doing. He was upset, but it was not aimed at the people. It was that the injustice towards the Word of God, what the Word of God told them to do, and how they were acting and behaving in his house. Matthew 21, 13, Jesus says, and he said unto them, It is written, My house shall be called the house of prayer, but ye have made it a den of thieves. So yes, Jesus was mad, he was angry, 
But he wasn't angry at people. He was angry at the action because it was going against the word of God. And who is the word of God? Jesus was actually quoting from Isaiah. Isaiah 56, 7 says, Even them will I bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices shall be accepted upon mine altar, for mine house shall be called a house of prayer for all people. Jesus was the word. He is the word. He was mad because people were going against the word. He had a righteous anger. Turn to Proverbs, if you will, real quick. Keep your finger or mark your place in Psalms because we're coming back. Proverbs chapter 22. I just want to talk about a couple things. We're not supposed to be angry just to be angry. and We're not supposed to hang around people who are angry all the time because something's going to come of it. Look at verses 24 and 25. Proverbs 22, verses 24 through 25. It says this, Make no friendship with an angry man, and with a furious man thou shalt not go, lest thou learn his ways and get a snare to thy soul. So yeah, we're, we're supposed to get angry, but let not the, sin, not the sun go down on your wrath. Be angry, sin not. And we're going to talk about what we're going to do here in a minute. We're not going to be angry just to be angry. We're not going to hang around. We shouldn't hang around people that are angry all the time. The book of wisdom that we just read in Proverbs 22, verses 24 and 25 tells us that. If you have close-knit friends, if you're close-knit friends with angry people, and you're hanging around them all the time, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. There's two things that's going to happen. You're either going to become a victim of their anger, a target, or you're going to be just like them. That's what's going to happen. If you're always around them, that's what's going to happen. How do I know this? Ask me when I'm done preaching, I'll tell you. I was an angry person. I was an angry man for a lot of years. And I blamed my temperament and I blamed my actions on everybody but myself because it was everybody else's problem. I had the right to be angry. And I could take it out on anybody I wanted to because you made me mad. Let me tell you, you choose to be angry. You choose. That's a choice. It's nonsensical. And let me tell you, being angry all the time is going to lead to destruction. It's going to lead to destruction of your, of your relationships, family, friends, co-workers, finances, home, your entire life. It's going to be tore apart. The fact is, if you're, if you're angry all the time, you have a destructive personality, and that's what's going to happen. The Bible tells us that Christians, that as Christians, we're supposed to shine a light in the dark world. How can we do that? If we are angry all the time. Hmm. Jesus says we are the light of the world and the salt of the earth. That's in Matthew uh, thir uh, 5, 13 through 14. And it's an impossible, it's impossible to be the light of the world when we ourselves are turning out lights with our anger. Absolutely horrendous what we do. But like Ephesians 4.26 says, be ye angry and sin not. So we're going to talk about what we're going to do with this. Paul tells us to be angry. Be angry, but sin not. The very next verse tells us what will happen. 
It says, neither give place to the devil. Verse 27, 427. Ephesians 4.27 says, neither give place to the devil. Let me tell you this. If you're angry and you let that anger turn into an action that is sinful, you've given place to the devil. And the devil's going to run rampant with it. And all you're going to do is keep fueling that fire and the devil's going to keep fanning it. And you're going to just run crazy. We see it right now. I guarantee you there are some, some saved people that are being misled right now in the streets of Portland or Seattle or Chicago or New York City or anywhere in California. I guarantee you there are some saved people being misled because they let the devil have a foothold because they got angry over what they seen, what they saw as injustice, or what they saw as them being put down. And right now, I'm going to tell you right now, what we're seeing is vanity, it's selfishness, and it's turning into anger. It's one of the easiest wiles of the devil. He knows that our emotions are our weakness, and it's, our death, it's the death of us, period. We follow our emotions blindly. Let me ask you this question. This is kind of, I know the answer to this. Think about what you have done since we're talking about emotions and our emotions are what controls us as humans, right? Think about what you have done for love. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah you, thoughts are pretty stupid, aren't they? What you've done for love. Now think what you've done for hate. Hate spawns, it spawned from anger. And I was once told that anger is a manifestation of fear. So the question is, when you get angry, what are you afraid of? And I'm going to tell you right now what I'm afraid of. When I look around, I shouldn't be afraid of anything. But when I look around, I'm afraid of losing our country. I'm afraid of this country not being anymore. The country that I grew up in has gone away. I'm afraid of, of, of America turning its back on Christianity for, for good. On rejecting Christ. And I am first and foremost a Christian before I'm an American. So I'm scared of that. And it gets me mad. And it makes me, you know, I hear Brother Howard talk about this a couple last week and this week. You know, you, you think about when somebody does something, you say, well, I ought to, you know, if I, if I yeah, like Brother Howard, I slapped the fire out of, and there are some times that I know that if I was close to somebody, it would not be good because of, of the flesh, right? But the Bible tells us to sin not. So what are we to do? What are we to do? That's right. The Bible says be angry and sin not. Um, if you look at Ephesians 4, turn to Ephesians 4 with me, please. We're going to talk about what we're supposed to do. Ephesians 4. And we already read, already read to you a few verses. I want you to look at verses 29 through 32. This is good instruction for us. Ephesians 4, verses 29 through 32 says this, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Let no corrupt communication come out of your mouth. It goes on, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. 
Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another. Tenderhearted. Boy, this is a tough one. Forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Let me tell you something. I told you this morning, I, I can't memorize every verse that's in this Bible, but I know what's in this Bible. And you talk about something cutting you. When you're mad and you want to slap the fire out of somebody... And the word of God cuts straight to your heart. Let no corrupt communication come out of your mouth. And forgive as Christ has forgiven you. Look, I was a vile person. I talk about it all the time. And I don't. you can think whatever you want to. I, I, you know, I wasn't Jeffrey Dahmer or anything like that. But I, I wasn't a good person. I did whatever the flesh wanted, wanted to do. And God forgave me. If I wanted to fight somebody back in the day, I fought. Sometimes I went looking for it. God forgave me. Christ forgave me. So, something I have to tell myself, and that's what I told myself that day. Go back in my house. Christ loves him just as much as he loves me. And he wants him just as badly as he wanted me. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. So what are we to do then? We're getting to it. We're going to do what David did. We're going to do exactly what David did. But what is David doing in Psalm 4? He's talking to God. He's talking to Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth, everything that's seen and unseen. The one who spoke things into existence. Our Father, our Heavenly Father. The only one that could do anything about the circumstance that you're in. Oh, you could do something. It's going to get worse. Look at verse 4 again. Psalm 4, 4. It says, stand in awe. You know what awe is? To be inspired. To be filled with inspiration of the Holy Spirit. To be inspired by the Lord, God Almighty. And then he says, sin not. What was, was it? Don't act out of anger. The worst thing you could ever do in life is to act out of a hasty emotion. Don't do it. It's going to lead to destruction. Then he says, commune with your own heart upon your bed. How many of us do that? How many of us just break down it may not be your bed. It may be a, a room. How many of you actually get down on your knees and pour out your heart? Lord, I, I'm, I'm broken. I can't do it. I'm shattered. I'm mad. Lord, help me. I do it. And he says, be still. Motionless. Be still. Without physical action. And then Selah. What does that mean? To pause and to reflect. Say that again. Thank you. I'm going to have to write that word down. Amen. We want, to, um, we want to meditate on God's word. We want to think about 
everything that God has told us to do and what he's told us to do, how he's told us to do it. And we don't want to take things out, out of context. We don't want to lash out out of our emotions, out of our flesh. I mean, we may want to, but we've got to be in the Spirit. We need to walk in the Spirit, not in the flesh. Verse 5 tells us to put our trust in the Lord. Offer the sacrifice of righteousness, it says, and put your trust in the Lord. What is your righteousness? What is your sacrifice of righteousness today? It's your life. It's your life devoted to God, to Christ. Look at what Paul says. We know this verse very well. Romans 12.1. He says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Can't be holy, can't be separate when you're jumping right in there with the world, doing what the world's doing, doing what they do. Okay, they burned down a house, they threw a rock, so you're going to pick up a rock and throw it back. Now, I'm not telling you to get run over, but not everything requires you to strike back. It's human nature to want to act out of violence when we get angry, but we must rely on God and not ourselves. Proverbs 3, 5 says to trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. And that's something that I have to fight a lot. And I'm sure you do as well. I have to fight it a lot because there are some times like when you have an angry neighbor who's using every vile word imaginable towards your mom, towards your wife, towards your son. And fire is not all I want to knock out of them. But I don't lean on my own understanding. I lean on his. And I'm going to trust in him. And I thank God that we talked about it this morning. He puts people in your way to say, okay, calm down. Or maybe grab your shirt and say, Dad. Our own understanding, I want to finish up with this. Our own understanding is skewed already. So if you're leaning on your own understanding, you're in big, big trouble. The last, <laughs> the last thing we need is to trust ourselves when we're angry. I cannot trust myself when I'm angry because that bad decision is going to happen. But we can do exactly what David does at the end of his psalm. He says, I will both lay me down in peace and sleep, for thou, thou Lord, only makest me dwell in safety. Do you believe that? I believe it. I know that Christ has prepared a place for me. And I know where he is I will be, and I know that he's coming again to bring me home. And I know he's bringing every believer with him. And it's senseless for me to act out of flesh, out of vanity, out of anger. It's, it's, it's selfish of me to do that. Because when I, I'm being vain when I act out like that. Well, I'll show him. And that's the first thing that jumped in my mind. That's what I told the, that's what I told the police officers who were at the house. I said, if he only knew who he was dealing with. The cop was a Marine. He's like, I know, just, you know, I got you. And I'm like, man, I'm just thinking, I got two bad hips. This is not going to go well. But it's, it's flesh. Don't act out of that. Don't be, don't be selfish. The Bible tells us we should be mad at times, but it should be a righteous anger. Be, I mean, you should be mad when you start seeing that the church is being persecuted. And it's been being persecuted for a while. It's just getting ramped up now. You should be mad when you start seeing your your elected officials turning their back on Christ and voting against godliness and taking the Bible out of, the, out, of a, out of schools and the courthouse 
removing the Ten Commandments, removing anything that might be uh, Christian in nature. You should be upset about that because this is your home, your earthly home. You should be angry. But the anger needs to be directed at the sin and not the sinner. Because what should we be doing for the sinner? We should be praying for them. We should be praying for them and we should be trying to lead them to Christ even in the moment that we're being persecuted. An anger that is directed um, at the demonic powers that work against God, those demonic powers that work against God and Christ and the church, and that should get you mad. But the Bible tells us to be kind. Righteous anger. Righteous anger is righteous. We're to go to God with our petitions and let God handle the matter. Now, does it, you know, God used a lot of people in the Bible. He used a lot of people that were not his people because he knew the decisions they were going to make. And he used them to do something, right? To get his will accomplished. Let God do what God does. And I have to tell myself that because I'm not God. We're not. We're supposed to trust God and His timings and all things. So, I want to end with that. I don't want to. Um, I don't want to go too much longer because I think I took up more time than I was supposed to. But my message tonight was to get angry, but but be kind. And my prayer for Christians today that may be fearful, like I am, of what's going on in our country and around us, and sometimes it could be even your next door neighbor. I'm gonna pray. Exactly what was prayed in, uh, or actually, I'm going to pray the words of Isaiah. Strengthen ye the, the weak hands and confirm the feeble knees. Say to them that are of a fearful heart, be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, even God with a recompense. He will come and save you. Isaiah 35, 3 and 4. I believe that. I believe it with all my heart. We know that we're going home one day. And whatever goes on down here, look, it's, it's momentary. It's, it's, it's just a, it's a blip on the radar screen. And it seems like it's forever. You know, when, when you're 16, 17 years old, you know, four years seems like an eternity. You know, when I was in high school, it seemed like that was going forever. Now four years is like a week, you know. And the older you get, I, I, I'm stuck, well... I listened to Brother Howard talk about it. He can't tell whether it was 10 years or 10 minutes. So I don't. <laughs> it, it goes by fast. This is but a vapor. So so hold your tongue. Don't act out of anger. And I'm talking. Look, God's talking to me. We talked about stepping on our own toes first, right? Well, Christ stepped on mine that day. And it's funny because he had me doing this in my hot box the morning before this happened. And then I didn't even think about this until afterwards. I'm like, you're talking to me. So maybe this helped you. Maybe maybe you're you're uh, getting mad at somebody or maybe you want to act out. Don't do it. Don't do it. Lean on God and his understanding and everything will be fine. And one day we're going to all be in heaven. We're going to be singing and shouting. Uh, I look forward to, you know, I turned 49 uh, in December. I'm, I'm getting ancient. Forty-nine, and and you know, in the Bible, you look back in the in the Jewish days, on the forty-ninth year, that's seven times seven. On the forty-ninth year, started that year of jubilee. So, things are supposed to get paid back to me, Larry. So, I'm just kidding. 
All right, we'll uh, go to Lord in prayer and be dismissed. Brother Arthur, will you dismiss us, please?